Hey everybody, and welcome to Campaign 2 of Lawful Stupid. Adventures on the high sea! Glory awaits in the distance. What's that on the horizon? It's eagles! Scree! Joining me is... Oh, wait a second. Oh, fuck. Uh, joining me is... Dwayne Peden. I thought we'd agreed not to bring him back on the show after what he did. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's, he's got a contract. Um, Dwayne Peden is joining us again. Dwayne, say hello. I'm back. <laughs> and there's nothing we can do about it. Nope. Darn lawyers. No, I'm kidding. Thank you so much, Dwayne, for joining me on this journey where um, I'm the papa now. Yeah, you're the boss now. I regret all my past decisions. How, did, how does it feel knowing that I will enact all the horrors that you've uh, applied to me tenfold? Um... We'll see. And, we'll see. And, and all the boons. Well, well, there weren't a lot of those, so. Uh, but the mm. but the ones you got tenfold. Hey. That's true. You were a dragon for a minute, so. Yeah, so you're gonna be you're gonna get to be ten dragons tied together Ooh. the tail, a dragon king, if you will. Oh, great! I'm excited. Uh, do you want to get into this? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay, uh, you want to just really quick tell us about your character? Yeah, sure. Um, a real quick overview is uh, I'll be playing Emmerich. Delmore, which is a, a gnome man, and I will be playing uh, an uh, artificer of all things. So I'm pretty excited about that because I typically play mostly spellcasters, so play a halfcaster is going to be different. Um, Half, halfway different. Yeah, halfway. Well, it's it's a lot of different when you're looking at the available <laughs> spell slots. I'm going, yes. really? Very Just true. those? Okay, Just that's those ones? Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, I don't want to go super far into his uh, character description because I, I went super detailed, but basically um, he's got, like, metal armor, even though it's uh, it's technically leather armor for mechanical, but, like, its skin is a light metal. Um, and he is wearing, like, very wolf-inspired armor, and he, and he commonly has, like, a sword and shield that he carries around. Um, and he's his colors are gray, silver, black, and green, with a nice, like, long green cloak. And he's got short silver, silver gray hair. Is he, like, old? No, he's not or old. Just the color it's, his just, hair is. it's just the color of his hair is, like, it's very yeah. much a clan thing. Like, his whole, like, the Delmore whoa, family. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very much, uh, like, the Delmore family, like, very inspired by the Timberwolf. And so sure. their colors tend to reflect that. I got it. Um, I'll tell you, there was a moment where you said he's a gnome, and I was like, he is, because I forgot. You're anymore. <laughs> That's I right. Like, Fuck. Switched. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna get right into it. So, um, you and the primal knights find yourselves in a forest surrounded by alliance forces. Now, they're not super talented, relatively. When it comes to things like magic and that, not not these folks. And so they're chasing you through the village, or I'm sorry, rather, correction, through the forest, um, and you just hear these bombardments going off on either side of you. These explosive shells are being fired into the forest. Um, you're not sure how accurate their... their uh, how accurate their accuracy is. That's how great their accuracy is, but... They seem pretty damn good because you're just being showered in this loose soil and these explosions are going off 
danger fucking close. As you're journeying with your three companions, um, there is a a human woman with golden locks and a tight braid um, who is who is wearing this uh, this very fancy garb with a long rose pink cape. Um, there's this short dwarf with a big black beard and this brown and dark orange armor. Um, he's got this big helmet that's reminiscent that's uh, reminiscent of a of an elephant's head, and he's just struggling to keep up with his with his legs and then you've got almost lithely moving next to you this um very graceful air ganassi with long white hair um and he's wearing these these large almost metallic wings that seem to glint and glitter in the the bit of sunlight that's coming in through the tree canopy um and it seems like every time he steps he's giving himself a small little flutter and you're not sure if it's just because he's an air ganassi because he's got these wings but he's he's having no issues he's actually you're running for your lives, but it's almost like he's making sure not to outpace you. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, yeah, so uh, explosions going around, um, and you talk about debris, so I'm imagining like um, like chunks of wood are flying, and, and I'm Absolutely. a little guy, so like like some of the bigger ones I'm having to like shrug off, and, and, I, and I shout to uh, the knights, and I say, how far are we from getting away from them? I feel like they're not making any distance from them. We just have to keep going. We just have to keep moving. Come on. Uh, you see, uh, you hear the uh, the Ganassi call out, and then uh, in front of you, there's this huge crash and another explosion. Is it brings you know three or four trees down along the path, and. You quickly think to divert, but there's just not enough time, and you start to get tangled and sprawled as you're trying to get over these trees, and then hands come up from behind you, and it's uh, it's it's your good friend, who uh, Alexander Reed, this Ergonasi, who's slowed back and grabs you and kind of helps lift you over the debris and kind of has to do that one by one, slowing your process greatly. And as that happens, the explosions are just getting so close and just seems so dangerous that there's almost this, where all these trees have toppled and this explosion's gone off, there's this crater with a wooden overhang from these fallen trees. And in a moment of just desperation, you guys kind of shove into this hovel, this small, almost bunker, and the earth as explosions are still ringing around you, not sure if it's safe to leave. Quite the foxhole we dug ourselves in. I, I've definitely had better vacations, says uh, LVR Rosewood. I, I, I don't understand how they they tracked us all down in one area. That doesn't make... Hmm. Was anybody followed? And <laughs> Trent Endar, the, this, this dwarf man with the large, big black beard, he, he kind of sheepishly... Well, you said to recruit, so... I've been putting up posters... I've been talking in bars. I um trying to get some new blood. Um, you what? I I got the new blood, damn it! And he points to a, a, a large wound in his arm. Uh, He's kind of bleeding profusely. I got the new blood. That uh, that is not what we meant at all. Trent. Uh. Okay, well, uh, we can't change that now. 
Uh, well, it, in my defense, I did not think that Alliance would blow up entire forest. I kind of thought maybe they would send somebody, they'd have Stern Word, we'd tell them to fuck off, and then we'd keep doing what we're doing, and we could do that like ten times, and then eventually they'd be like, okay, now we're going to stab you. No, they'd fucking, they do not play jokes. <sighs> Friend, I, 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 I really, okay, yeah, I, I'm, uh, it's really your fault for not giving more clear instructions. I, I thought I was pretty clear. Recruit knights. There's a cause. However, the alliance is pretty fucking terrible and everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we don't want them to know. You said want. You did not see me. So if you could be more open and honest with the declaration of your wants and needs, then maybe in future. Okay. Just speak your truth. Okay, fair, but let's just clear something up. We don't kill people, right? Like, you are still on board with that. We're protectors of the innocent, and we don't intentionally kill people? In the eyes of uh, your respective dog, maybe not all people are innocent. Maybe we all are. Yes, I'm not killing people. That's crazy. Uh, and as that, as he says that, uh, another tree kind of explodes, and there's this shower of splinters ah. and dirt. And, and, and you guys are covered up by um, Sir Rosewood, who whose cloak kind of spreads out above her and becomes this 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 shield above you all, and kind of damages you for most of the loose debris. Ah, uh, thank you. I. You, you're not, the one who made it. Uh, yeah, um, right, but you used it so well. Um, I, I, I don't think we can stay here. I'm, I'm not sure that it's safe for us to stay together. What are you saying? This is one of the few times we've gathered, and for such a large force to meet, it... I'm not sure that it makes sense for us to stay together. I, I don't know that we'll be able to outrun them alone. And Sir Reed speaks up. Uh, are you suggesting some sort of separation, retreat? What's what's the plan, Demo? Hmm. Uh, truthfully, I've, I've got the most experience with the Alliance. If I lead them away... You all can run. Run different directions. There's so many places to go. There are so many people that the Alliance is oppressed and tortured and destroyed. There have to be more people out there. And if we move smaller and quieter, I think we can recruit more and meet back up. Rosewood kind of nods and she's she's kind of biting the end of her knuckle and she goes... No, it makes sense. If we can separate, then our odds of success are greater, and should we fail, our losses are not as grievous. Yeah, I... Rosalind, what was that place you were telling me about? That, that place that no alliance has ever been before? Mm, you're talking about the Meridian Menagerie. Yes. In a year's time, we meet them. We find them. If they can't, we surely can, right? I mean, yes. It shouldn't be an issue for anybody who's not with the Alliance. I mean, that's what the stories say. It's, it's. I was there once as a young girl. It's, 
It's a circus. <laughs> Quite literally. You, you see uh, Emmerich kind of like, um, when she says, like, anybody who's not part of the Alliance can get in, he kind of like, um, like, you can see the weight on his face, and he's, ah. Like, actively, right? Like, like actively with the Alliance? I don't know how it works, Delmore. <sighs> okay. Well, that, I guess that's something we'll have to figure out. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm... <sighs> Just remember. A, another loud cacophony of blast. It's like three shots in rapid succession fall very near you. Yeah, and I imagine like we we can start to see like um, like the the foxhole kind of like breaking and caving in uh, where uh, the shield uh, isn't like because I imagine the shield is above us, right? So like it's I'm above us, but it's 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 really walls, only covering like, suffer these mortar shells. Yeah, so the, the it's it's close, but not that close to the point where you would have the walls cave in. The shield above you isn't really providing any sort of stability, but just keeping the debris off of you. Okay, and but you, uh, it's it's close. Gotcha. And so I, I look to the others and I say, uh, just when you're out there recruiting, remember, we're out here to protect the weak. We're here to help. Just remember what you stand for. Rosewood kind of puts her hand across her, fi- her chest uh, in a fist as a salute. It says, um, I stand as the unicorn because the love and hope that I inspire are pure and rare and deserve to be protected. Indar kind of bristles up all proud like a dwarf and I stand as the elephant because I will never forget the atrocities committed by the Alliance. And Reed speaks up, kind of just gently tilting his head forward. I stand as the eagle because I must remind the people of this world that they were born not to be bound down to the ground. People were born to fly. And so uh, I kind of like motion over to the edge of the um, the foxhole that we kind of dug ourselves in, and and this whole time I've had this like robotic wolf with us, who's always been at my side, and I kind of look at him, and we both look up, and I kind of motion for Rosewood to make room, and I uh, look up and I say, I stand as the wolf to remind people. But only together, as a pact, can we survive and protect one another. Now go! And Ryder and I, like, leap up out of the foxhole and, like, head towards the alliance that was chasing us. You do, and as you run, I think maybe you spare one glance behind you as you're kind of running for your life, and you see your three companions all darting out in opposite directions. And you run, and you run, and you run, and you're running towards this incoming fire, and you don't know how they're doing it, but they're they're finding you. They know you would think that with artillery they would especially be firing further and further away, but for whatever reason, the shots are now coming closer to the source. They're, it's almost as if they're following you. And then as you run alongside Ryder, you notice they're not. They're not following you. They're following Ryder. He's the target. And I, as I see that, I kind of like stop. Like I just do a hard stop and Ryder just knows 
to like stay with me and he halts and I, I look at him and um very much like a like a wounded soldier looking at a, a companion who got him through like some of the hardest times I look at him and I pull up pull my sword from my sheath and say um I'm really sorry about this boy. And uh, I think Ryder like makes like a kind of noise. And then I like puncture through like like his neck and slice up and I pull. And so I like essentially decapitate Ryder. And I watch like all the lights and the whirring gizmos and gadgets kind of fall silent. And I like put him into my bag and run. I like put his head, to be clear, in my bag and run. Yeah. I think that when you do that, the bombardment stops. And it's quiet for a while. All you can really hear is your own breathing and your own footsteps as you kind of scramble through this forest. And then you hear a low whistle on the wind and a familiar female voice say loudly and obviously enhanced with some sort of magic wolf you can't outrun me wolf where are you going and every time this voice comes in it sounds like it's directly behind you like immediately behind you and it doesn't sound like a shouting or anything like that it sounds like it's it's there i'm like a full-on sprint like if you've ever seen like a like a child um like straddling or like trying to climb things like my armor has like uh like claws and hands and feet and like i'm essentially like four feet running like if something's in my way i'm using my hands to like push or hurdle me because like i'm a smaller guy anyways like i'm moving as fast as i can like Wolf, you seem tired. You're not going to catch me. Maybe not, Wolf. But I'll definitely catch your friends. And like he like stops at that, like hard stops and then kind of like slides forward and turns back towards where he thinks this voice is coming from. And he says, you'll have to go through me first. Oh no, that's where you're wrong, Wolf. I think I see... Oh, is that a sparrow in my sights? No. Too large. Must be an eagle. I can deal with that. And you see and you hear in the distance. Boom! A single artillery shot. Oh! And a very small elephant. That must be unique. Boom! Another artillery shot. Oh, and my eyes must deceive me, is that? Oh, it can't be a unicorn. Boom! Another artillery shot. What to do with this wolf, though? A wolf without a pack. I think I'll go hunting. So I'll chase wolf. You run. And uh, he kind of looks up, right, because he's seen uh, flashes 
as these artillery shells go off and he's hearing these these echoes of her voice and you can kind of, you can see like the tears in his eyes like like he doesn't he like staunchly doesn't believe Rose would would die like he knows like she's got that cape but he's real worried about um Indar and Reed and he runs and like you, you can just like see him running just full blown away from the alliance <sighs> they've got to be alive they've got to be alive they're going to be there you run and you're able to make it away nobody catches up to you you have some trouble sleeping for a while I think I think that you move for longer than your body would like. I think that you hop on ships and go to different islands and never stay in one place for too long. Doing your job, spreading your ideals, recruiting, without much luck. Because it almost feels, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it feels wrong to recruit anyone until you know they're safe. So I don't think your heart's exactly in it, because it almost feels like you would be replacing them. And that's that can't be true, because they've got to be okay. And I think yeah. that goes on for about a year. Yes? Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, like, his his worry that they're, they weren't actually alive, it kind of, like, kept him from, like, believing in their calls again. It kind of, like, put him, put him a step back Absolutely. from his past. And I think that a year goes by and I think that I think that it's time it's time to make your way to the menagerie in in any time in the last year did you go there ahead of time just to see if you could make it or no he wouldn't have wanted like he would be like collecting information about it to like mm-hmm. make sure he's like not trying to go in blind in the last few days but he he would have never gone to risk it he's already been like and he, he wouldn't have rebuilt Ryder either. I mean, for fear of being trapped and or, or caught. And he just would have vo- avo- avoided it completely. Yeah, and I, th- I think that a year comes and you set out to see a small v- small vessel that you can handle yourself. Or are you chartering mm-hmm. a ship? No, or- a small, small vessel. I mean, he, because he's an inventor, he takes like a yeah. very small craft and, and modifies it to make it easy. And to make yeah. it kind of quick and si- as silent as possible using technology. I mean, there's yeah. only so much you can do. I think that you arrive in the Menagerie, which is a sight to behold in and of itself. It's this huge wooden city amidst the ocean. And like the whole way of finding it was kind of like nonsensical. Like when you ask people where you could find it, you were just giving a bearing. And you'd ask someone else, and they would give you a bearing. It would be the same one, and they, you'd you'd go through, and you'd go through, and you'd go through, and nobody could actually really tell you where to go. But no matter where you went, even though your location changed, they gave you the same bearing, which wouldn't make sense. But whatever, you gotta, you have to see, right? Yeah, I think I think definitely like after a couple of days of like sailing towards that bearing, it very much like. You have that moment of like, I'm insane for following <laughs> yeah. these instructions. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you are. But 
whether it's something that you're just seeing or something that's really there, you see this huge wooden, and it's made out of just nonsense. I'll be honest with you. It's made out of, it's like a wooden Howl's Moving Castle of bullshit. It's just ships cobbled together with parapets and like what, what appears to be an actual stone castle at one point. There's crow's nests adorning all over the sprawling city, like each one taller than the other one, just altered, not in any sort of order that would make sense from, as you know, as kind of a tactical-minded person, like a military standpoint. They're just there. <laughs> and you see this strange structure and there's a dock. Yeah, so I would I would dock and um, board and try and find the other knights. You see a lot of things. You see a lot of mummers. You see a lot of performers, jugglers, fire eaters. You see sword swallowers. You see you see all kinds of performers, but no higher hair your friends. And so this is a pretty large city, right? Oh, it's huge, but there's yeah, one so- docking area. Yeah, so I think I would um, search the dock, and I think I would search the like the closest end to the dock because that's mm-hmm. that logically that's what I, I think they would do. And when I don't find them, I think I would spend some time in the next day or two, like searching the city for them. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this: uh, on your first day, as kind of the sun begins to set, maybe you're at the dock. Mm-hmm. Maybe because you think that's a central point, um, and this would be where they would have to come through as you're kind of waiting in the sun setting. Um, you hear a voice pipe up from behind you. Oh, uh, Emmerich? Uh, yes? Yeah, I got a uh, letter for you. Uh, okay. And you see a, a young man, as he appears to be a courier. He's got uh, a you know a postal uh, satchel on him. He told that letter. He hands it to you, and it's got your name written on it, and just beautiful, like the silver calligraphy. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I take it, and um, for continuity um, sake, uh, my armor is like kind of covered with like um, like, a, like a green tabard and cloak, and I don't have like on my claw gauntlets and stuff. Like I'm trying to hide. I was told you'd be wearing a fancy getup, but you're still here, so figured it might be you. Uh, thanks, and I so I look at this letter, do I recognize, like, the handwriting? Um... But, I mean, I either do or don't. I don't want to make that. No, not really. Okay, cool. I mean, it's, ha- it's, so, it's handwriting, it glance, it's your like, name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's either going to um, really stick out or not. So you, I, okay. you recognize the seal. Okay, what's the seal? Uh, it's the head of a hound. Oh, fuck. Ah, fuck. As I open it and read the letter. It's just a single letter. Just plain print. Not many words on there. Run faster, Wolf. You fucking bitch. And I, like, crumble that letter up and then put it in my pack. And then you go back to your laundry? Yeah, I would go back to wherever I was, like, uh, renting a room for the night. Yeah, you do. That's nothing nothing else untoward, just a letter. And your friends did not arrive. The next day comes. Yeah, I, I mean, like, 
for for Emmerich if you know he didn't find his friends he would he would at least search um uh, the surrounding area like what he could search in a day it's like what i mostly described it's a lot of performers yeah. it's it's yeah it's i mean there, there's casinos there's i mean there's all kinds of stuff but nothing sure good. you don't have to like i was saying like he would search for a day and if he doesn't find them um he would go back to a ship and then depart like to furthering his you know if he's not actively pushing or protecting or helping in an area he's not staying there long yeah and so he uh, goes and he departs and you find your way back to the mainland. I think that it's kind of par for the course at this point. It's a lot of hiding on your part. I think it's a lot of, you know, like you said, you know, you can't really wear your armor in public because people will know, but you're still trying to recruit. You're still trying to further your cause and your ideals. Um, still trying to, I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, this is a second year mired in failure. I think that you're, you're moving. I think that you help a lot of people, I think in small ways. Yeah, so I think that's that's all very right. Um, to be clear, um, people wouldn't recognize him by his armor, like most people. He, but no, he but wears that specifically. The people that are looking for you, right? He he doesn't commonly wear his armor unless he knows he's going to get into a scrap. Like he tries to put it on him in front of him uh, ahead of time, because like the people that would notice his armor, he wouldn't necessarily notice them first. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Just so, like, I really wanted like the audience to understand that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. he's not. No, like, I understand. It's not like, it, it, like, oh, you, you are the wolf. Welcome to our city. It's right. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's it, but it's very much like a guy reading a newspaper scroll. Yeah. Uh, exactly. With a, with, a trill, with a trilby pirate hat, and yep. he looks up from it and he's like, "I've spotted the wolf." Yeah. Exactly. He says into his stone of far speech, which is in his ear, and he has to put his finger on his ear to activate it. I love it. I'm into it. <laughs> But I think that you spend the year doing generally good and protecting people. And I think that, you know, there's like a small village or small island beset by, you know, bandits or pirates. Or what, and I think that you you do good where you can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's kind of like a year. Yep. And so I, uh, at the end of that year, um, on the same day, I want to go back to the menagerie. Um, so I, I do the same bullshit um follow the same bearing and this time it's not as frustrating because like i i just i know that it'll happen (laughs) but it still doesn't i feel like it took longer this time yeah and so i I go back and i look at them again on the same day that we should have met a year ago yeah and i think that waiting for you a different guy but it's a courier And um, I think he like notices me before he speaks, and and I I look at him and say, a letter. Ah, he must be Emmerich. Yes. Yeah, I sure got one for you. Right, that's weird, man. I gotta know the guys. You're kind of talking like, at this day after dark, there'll be a man. Like, come on, what's the deal? Yeah. Long story, really. Ah, you know what? It's none of my business. I'm here to just yep, deliver your mail and you have a great day. I, I tip him. It's not his fault. He kind of like moves off to the side like he's walking away, but you can tell he's kind of like still looking. Yeah, I open the letter. I assume it has the same seal. It sure does. It just says, run farther, wolf. 
Uh, and you can like, if anybody was, you can hear him like biting down so hard, like you, like you can kind of hear his teeth grind a little bit as he like crumbles up another letter and puts it in his pack. And then he spends the day searching. And if he doesn't find them, he gets back in his boat. And he well, you, you, you go to leave the next day. Okay. And everybody's, uh, it, the dock is like closed. Like there's nobody there, and you notice this is eerie. And I, I mean, I guess you maybe maybe you inquire as to that. Yeah, I mean, if if the dock was closed and I couldn't get to my boat, I'd have a whole lot of questions. I mean, you, I mean, you could. There's just nobody there. Oh, okay. So it's like a ghost town, essentially. Like, it's like a ghost town. I may again. see one person going to their boat, but it's not like normally. Not staffed. not even that. Oh, not mother even one single person. If, no, if if. If I'm heading towards the dock and it's ghost town, there ain't nobody. I'm on full alert. Yeah. Like, because he has like, got a level of paranoia. So if something like that comes in, because he's been hunted for so long, he's yeah, like. I'm... So you you do. I'll tell you. You notice this one. Every place where a boat can can dock is occupied, mm-hmm. and you saw people as you were leaving the inn. You saw people on the city streets, and they seem joyous. They seem excited. Yeah. Um, but when you get to the docks, it's just fucking. Nothing. That's my point, right? When I get down yeah. to the docks, and after I like, because I think he like heads down to where he's going, but as soon as he yeah. hits the docks, and like, it's super apparent that there's nobody else. I think his first thing he does is like slide his hands into his bag and just slide on his gloves real quick, and he just real alert and real at the ready as he and heads towards his boat. The silence is like palpable. And you hear in the distance, not really clear at first, and it gets louder and louder and louder. And you hear these voices, this group chanting, this chorus that says, Everybody, everybody, clap those hands! That's where we're getting the session. Okay. And everybody, if you want to find out what happens next, you're going to have to listen to the Campaign 2 premiere, the first new episode of a brand new campaign. I'm going to be there. Devin's going to be there. Star's going to be there. Ray's going to be there. Our newest cast member. We're very excited. Um, that's pretty much... Oh, Dwayne's dead. Uh, Dwayne's character just died. That's what that clapping was. It was two bombs going off. No. Uh, Dwayne will be there. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And we're excited to go on a new journey with you. Ahoy, ladies. Are you excited, Dwayne? I'm super excited. I... Wasn't expecting all of this. I'm fucking super stoked. I can't wait. Yeah, I didn't. We planned these things a little bit because they're a narrative experience. We're not exactly actual playing yet. Um, we didn't plan that. We did not. <laughs> we did not plan that. That was pretty good. I got little goose pimples. That makes two of us. And a whole lot of hurt for my boy. A whole lot of hurt for your boy. You killed your. Hey! You know, like in movies where the worst thing that happens is the dog dies? Oh, dude, that was hard. Remember that, remember that scene in I Am Legend? That's kind of the vibe I got, like, when yeah. I was like, I gotta fucking take this thing offline. Ugh. If only you'd install, like, an off switch. Well, I don't try. I wouldn't trust that. <laughs> that. That should be in version 2.0. Well, you, gotta hit, like, you gotta get it with, like, a pin. It's like I'm sorry, I know that those things can be remotely turned back on. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, thank you so much James, for joining me thank you so much for joining me listeners and we're excited to see you again absolutely and you know what time it is Dwayne 
Bye. Bye. Bye.